0: Here's the two questions that we need to ask if we're going to try and communicate more intentionally to guide people down that discipleship pathway. The first one is, is this information that I'm sending out, is it being sent only to the people who are actually going to care about it? Is it being sent to the people who are going to care about this particular thing? And the second question is, what action do I need them to take based on this communication?
1: If you work for the Catholic Church and want to avoid burnout, overcome team dysfunctions, and put more souls in the pews, we're here to help. I'm Taihua here with my co-host, John Cons, and we're providing leadership development for Catholic ministry professionals. Over these past few weeks, we've been covering topics in that second pillar of the Catholic ministry professionals framework. We've talked about optimizing your office space, time, teams, and meetings. Today, we're answering the question, how do we get our parishioners more engaged? That's right. Today is all about communication. Hey, John. Ty, it is good to be back in the saddle. When was the last time you were actually in a saddle? <laughs>
0: I don't, oh, man. You know, I had an opportunity to ride a horse when I was in college. We went on some, I was on the freshman orientation team and we went to, I don't even remember where we went, but horseback riding was one of the options and I was going to do it. But it was between me and one freshman kid. And I was like, you know what? You're the freshman. I suppose I'll give my spot to you. You go ride the horse. I'll do something else that's really lame. Was this in Iowa? It's been. Yeah, I knew it. Good old Briarcliff University, Sioux City. Iowa. I knew it. Uh, So that was my last opportunity (laughs) to ride a horse. But I didn't get the real opportunity to do it. (laughs) So you've never been
1: in a saddle. So you saying getting back into the saddle isn't proper. No, I've been in the saddle. We had a little, um, uh, Please uh say a donkey.
0: what would you call it? Mare. No, no, no. no we, we had, a, it, my dad always called it a pony, but it was like a, a horse, but just a small horse. horse, uh, back when we were, and it wasn't a mini horse though. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like my little pony, but it was below stallion, you know, it's, it's somewhere There's in the no middle Clydesdale. There. Um, it was not a Clydesdale. No, it was not one of them good old fashioned Bud Light horses. <laughs> It wasn't gonna do any work for Budweiser, but but she's she was zippy. She yeah, could go fast. Budweiser correction, not Bud Light. What I oh that's mistake my mistake. That's a sensitive <laughs> subject right now. I'm I'm sorry to hear. I'm sorry about that. I I should know you better. Should. <laughs> well, we we actually have some listener feedback.
1: I don't know if this actually came into you. I don't know if you want to share that. Well, with I people. shared the an episode of I forget which episode it was, but I sent it to a clergyman. Is that, is that right? Yeah, he'd be a clergyman. Clergy my man. Hand. Um, I texted it to him, and first off, he asked if I was a Catholic ministry professional, but I think he was being facetious. Uh, but they, then he said that this is good work and a gift to those working in the church. So shout out to Father Travis Crotty of the Outcast Catholic Podcast. If you haven't listened to it, you should. Um, check it out. It's an awesome show. It's, it's father, um, karate with father Shane demon as well. So give him a listen.
0: Mm-hmm. Father, father Karate's he's the vocation director in the diocese of Sioux yep. city,
1: right? Yep. Um, all right.
0: And a podcast. He's a busy, busy guy. guy
1: and I don't know if he knows this or not, but when my wife and I started dating a couple of years back, he was a new priest and he had referred to himself as a baby priest. So when I told him, or uh, told my wife that he had said what he'd said in the text. She had no idea who father Travis karate was. I said, Oh, it's the baby priest. And she goes, Oh, him.
0: <laughs> I'm sure he loves to be known. Well, that he'll way.
1: always be a, a baby, the baby priest in my wife's eyes.
0: <laughs> well, that's great. That's great. Well, it is good to get some, some positive feedback. Uh, it's good to know people are listening. That that's always a good feeling. Um, and I'd I'd also like to add as um, as far as listener feedback goes, I think my wife is one of our biggest fans. I genuinely think that because um, she every she listens to every single episode, and then after the episode, she's always got some kind of little tidbit or advice or thoughts or feedback or whatever But this. Last time she listened, she literally had like twenty topic ideas that she wrote down and and they're all they're all good topic ideas. So um, I, I do want to throw that back out to our listeners. We love the feedback. We need the feedback. Um and even topic ideas we'd love those. So just go to catholicministryprofessionals.com, click on send a message, give us all your feedback. We we need it, we love it, we want it.
1: I suppose I'll just awkwardly transition. To I love story time, awkward then. transitions. I just, I'm the type that just loves to see people squirm and just make it awkward. I, I see you do. Yeah, I, I just love making it awkward for people. <laughs> well, can, all right. Can I tell you a story of
0: a letter that I'm going to put my parish on blast here? <laughs> is it, this is a safe space. This to is a that, completely isn't it?
1: safe space. Nobody will hear it. Other
0: than <laughs> well, this is a letter that, that my parish sent out to, to my family. They sent it out to everybody in the parish, but it, it made me like physically I like viscerably angry. And uh, it's in the spirit of our topic today. And a quick disclaimer, like I've been involved with parishes uh, even before I was a Catholic ministry professional. I was an active participant. So for literally decades, I've been involved with parishes. I know that they are not perfect, and I have no expectation that they will be. Um, So when I see something that's done poorly, like I can take it with a grain of salt, but this letter just hit me in a bad spot. Um, And and so I just want to share this story because it it ties in so well with what we're doing. Um, It was for their 60th-something annual dinner extravaganza, which means nothing to me because I'm, I'm a new parishioner here. And that said, I'm I'm, I'm a pretty good, I'm a pretty involved parishioner. You know, I really try to discern my time, my talent, my treasure. I offer them in the ways that I can, the best ways that I can. I'm committed to volunteering. I, I go to the formation programs that my kids are in. I actively volunteer in those. And I really do try to read the bulletin every week. And yet... This letter was the first time I had even heard of this event in my entire life, after having been at the parish for several months. And in this letter, there was no explanation of what the event was meant to be. It just had the the, the title of the event, our 60th annual whatever dinner. And in that letter, they told me I had to bring the food, I had to pay for my tickets, and I was responsible for selling off several raffle tickets that came with the letter. and. As a personal pet peeve of mine, they didn't even tell me what the money was going toward. Now, chances are it was going towards something in the parish, but was it debt reduction? Was it going to missions in a far-off land? To the or is it just going to the committee that's planning this event? And and I really wish I had a copy of the letter, um, because maybe I'm not doing it justice. Maybe I read it wrong. Um, but I immediately threw it away because I I just went straight mad with it. Because I was like, who are these people? <laughs> like, They're just telling me, I, hey, come to our event, but you, you're going to pay. It's going to cost you 75 bucks. You got to sell these tickets for us. You got to bring this food. And, and as I was reading it, two things became very clear to me. This is an event that's dying. It's struggling to get people to go to it. And it's put on by a group of people that are desperate to keep it going. And they're trying to make it my fault if it doesn't work. Those were the two things that stood out to me as I read this letter. That's what it sounded like. Now, to, in <laughs> to be fair, and in their defense, I'm almost certain that that wasn't their intent. But that was the effect that was communicated to me Ooh. in the reading of this letter. It was not good it was not good communication. And and even though it was one isolated event, one particularly provoking event for me, um uh, I'm afraid that all too often this is something that our parishes are guilty of, is not communicating well. So that's what we're going to talk about today. What are some of the best practices for communicating in a way that gets your parish- parishioners more engaged? How's that sound, Ty?
1: It sounds like that committee... Should have a listening party and listen to Catholic ministry professionals. <laughs> I'm
0: just waiting for the day where somebody at our, at our parish, because I like to use my own parish as a, as an example, because it's proof that just like these these issues affect everybody. Um, and it, <laughs> I'm I, just waiting for somebody so to I, pick it up and come talk to me about it.
1: I used to belong to that parish. Mm-hmm. I know exactly the the letter that you're referring to. But i didn't just throw it away i actually just brought the empty raffle tickets back and put it in the collection basket because that's what you're supposed to do <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I know i know what they said i was supposed to do
1: <laughs> mm,
0: yeah so repent. i i we're, we're yeah we're continuing with these uh with this second pillar we're talking about doing better work and specific specifically in the areas of communication and i do you ever feel like you ever feel like Jesus? I imagine a lot of us feel like Jesus at, at times where we're trying to communicate something and he, they, we get the same response as the disciples, right? Jesus will be saying something really straightforward or what seems to be really straightforward. Um, for example, he, he tells the disciples, beware the leaven of the Pharisees, which seems pretty straightforward. Beware their leaven. And the disciples are like, oh man, we forgot bread. He's mad we forgot bread. That's what this is about. But it's very clear. Like he's, he's talking about the Pharisees. He just got done putting the Pharisees on blast Clearly, he's alluding to that Um, or the times where he he predicts his crucifixion. He predicts the passion. He says, like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to go to Jerusalem. They're going to arrest me. They're going to beat me. They're going to torture me. They're going to kill me. But I'm going to rise again. And they go, yeah, that's that's really that's I don't get it. I don't get it, Jesus. That doesn't make any sense. You know, uh, communication is hard, and and so it's okay. Like, it makes sense when communication doesn't go well, but we don't have to make it any harder, right? In parish communications, we can leave the parables to Jesus, right? As for you and me, we just tell the truth with transparency, with consistency, and, and we need to learn some of these best practices, and that's what we're going to focus on for this rest of this episode. And I want to start with just an idea that'll kind of help us to frame what communications probably should look like in most parishes. And and I want to throw out this idea, um, put you on the spot, actually, Ty, if you can talk a little bit about what a sales funnel is, being our resident expert in sales. Just explain to us, what what's the what's the goal? What's kind of the, the
1: idea behind a sales funnel and, and the purpose of it? So sales funnel... I want to say it's, it started out in the marketing world and salespeople kind of took ownership of it, but it's a marketing term used to capture and describe the journey that a potential customer would go through, uh, from prospecting all the way to purchase. And sometimes even, so let's say you sell multiple products, right? They go through one funnel, they buy a product, and automatically get put into another sales funnel. Uh, another way to look at it is just a, it's, it's a couple of steps, right that our prospect goes through, and depending where they're at is the communication or the information that they need to have to make a you know, an educated decision to move to the next step, right? Does it make sense for me to continue talking to the salesperson? If it does, well, let's continue. And by the end of it, really, it should be, should I be doing business with this company? Well, let's, let's work our way through that sales funnel. Did you have a need for them? Right? Did you um, adequately talk about what the the decision process looks like in, in finally making that decision, right? Are all the people there that, that need to be there, who can make those decisions. Then finally, are you going to make that decision? The sales funnel is simply there as a roadmap to get you to the desired result that you want with a prospect.
0: So in the pursuit of that, right, trying that desired outcome, does it matter how you communicate to them?
1: 100%.
0: That's what I was so, going for, yeah. Go ahead. Yes. Go
1: ahead. So, How how I train my team is that you need to dance to the music that is played. If you have a potential customer that is very standoffish, you have to build a relationship before you start demanding answers to questions that you have. It doesn't matter if you have the best whatchamacallit. It doesn't matter if your gadget does this the fastest, does this the the most efficient, if the person buying it or using it does not like you. Right? There's a statistic from back in my car sales day that 78% of people who buy a car from you know you, like you, or trust you. That's huge. So if they don't know you, like you, or trust you, and you try to get them to do something, that makes it just a tough mountain to climb. But if you build that rapport, you get them to see that you're a human being and not just some sleazy car salesman, they're going to notice that, hey, I, I want to do business with him or her or whoever is selling the car or trying to, to make this transaction complete. I feel better working with somebody that I like and trust. I think it's really, that's a really important,
0: important element in sales but actually that i don't have you read sherry waddell's forming intentional disciples i've not you have not that she talks about five thresholds to conversion so you talk about that sales funnel idea in the thresholds of conversion is that sales funnel that you're you're trying to get them to that next step in the discipleship pathway and that first threshold that first thing is trust if they do not trust you they will not walk that road so you have to build that. That's evangelization. And for, so for the purposes of the church, right, exactly what you're talking about, we have to build trust and we also have the best of what you might call it, right? We, we are trying to facilitate, we're trying to guide people into an interaction, an encounter with Jesus. This is evangelization and every single communication that we send out is a part of that funnel that we're using to lead people into that deeper relationship with Jesus. It needs to be intentional. It needs to be strategic. And we need to think about the person on the other side of that so we don't actually end up driving people away in the process of trying to bring them to Jesus. So in order to do this, we, we really need two things in the church. And, and people, real, they, they overcomplicate communications in a lot of ways. You need two things. You need email and you need a cell phone number. And studies show over and over again that this is the most reliable way to get in touch with people right? You share your message and and to be able to actually engage them, you need these two things. And this is why every single business that has a pop-up on their webpage, it says, give us your email and we'll send you a free copy of the ebook with the three tips that'll make you amazing at this one thing. Every single website you go to has one of this because email lists are the best way to engage with your audience. Okay. So as we look at kind of building quote unquote, your sales funnel, but building this process, this way that we communicate, keeping in mind that our desired goal with everything we do in the parish is to put people into a deeper relationship with Jesus. Here are two questions that I want to suggest that you you consider every single time you write an email, every time you write a letter, any time you post something or anything else. Here's the two questions that we need to ask if we're going to try and communicate more intentionally to guide people down that discipleship pathway. The first one is... Is this information that I'm sending out, is it being sent only to the people who are actually going to care about it? Is it being sent to the people who are going to care about this particular thing? And the second question is, what action do I need them to take based on this communication? So for that first piece, is this information being sent out to the people who are actually going to care about it? Right. Do we have a way as a parish to keep track of and filter our communications into groups based on those things that matter to them? Do we have any idea? Like Ty, you're saying you got to talk to them. You got to build rapport. You got to know them. If you're going to find a way to communicate with them in a way that's impactful, that's engaging, that gets them to that next step. And you have to do this probably every single time someone signs up for your parish Right, you can put together a really simple form that you can send out to everybody and get some of this information, so that you can more specifically engineer, more specifically design your communications for the individual that's receiving them. So imagine this with me: you're a parent of three kids under the age of four. This is me, by the way. <laughs> imagine if, when I signed up for a parish, I began quickly getting emails that offer and and advertise our our parishes. Babysitting ministry. So, mom and dad can have a date night, right? And then maybe I would get notifications about a parish's toddler adoration hour. You know, we, we've got regular adoration going on. Why not do something like that? Or maybe you get a quick video link that explains how to get your kids signed up for catechesis of the Good Shepherd or other formation groups, right? These are things that matter to me, right? Instead, what do we get? A lot of times when we sign up for parishes, we, we get a list of the mass times. Um, we get we get a, a handout that tells us how we can start tithing, and a list of ministries that we can volunteer for. Instead of being communicated, the things that actually matter to to us, where we are in our lives, right? So imagine that as you're designing these communications, that you actually know who they're intended for, so that you can write them specifically for those people or those groups of people. And this is something that can be managed. In your own email, you can create your own groups designed for specific things, right? So just, just as we continue to have this, you got to keep track of, you got to think about who needs to receive this. And then the other question, this call to action, this is super important, right? Because if you want me to engage with something, you, you need one very specific element. You need to, a compelling why that matters to me, right? This why needs to bias me toward the one action you're trying to get me to take. So we look at this letter that was sent out to me. If they had said, this money is going to go towards tuition for families that want to go to our Catholic school, but otherwise can't afford it, right? We're building up tuition for people who can't afford it. Or maybe they would have said, this money is going to support our retired priest to make sure they have food to eat. Or or even this money is going to... Fund our parish babysitting ministry. So, parents, can you tell I want a babysitting ministry so I can go well, on a date night with my wife? Right? Either way, any one of these, I would probably be on board. Even if I couldn't go, I probably would have written a check. So, now let's take this a different direction, right? Ty, um, I think what are the three, the three, probably the big three days of the year that the church is most full of people? The most people are going to be in the Catholic Church.
1: Well, I know the top two. Are our creasters or our CEOs, <laughs> so Christmas, Easter, Christmas and Easter onlys. Mm-hmm. Um, the third one is, I, I'd imagine, has to do with Easter. So I'm I'm gonna throw Ash Wednesday out there. Uh, yeah, exactly. Christmas, Easter, Ash Wednesday.
0: When you're on a parish staff, there's a big amount of time that's spent going like, "There's gonna be a lot of people here. We gotta have all our ducks in a row. We gotta do it well." Now, let's say as a parish staff. We're interested in evangelizing, and we really want people who are only coming to church at Christmas and Easter to come more often, right? Or we we just we know that there's so many more people here than we normally see on a weekend. There's a lot of extras, right? How do we get them to engage, right? Do you give them the bulletin, you know, and you know maybe the most recent Matthew Kelly book, or <laughs> you know a card with an invitation to to join the the parish? That you know these are things that we do. But they're again. This is a ma- those end up being a mass communication to everyone, not a specifically designed communication aimed at getting someone to come come back to engage with us in a new way. So we think about maybe instead of doing something like that, finding ways that we can engage them. Now maybe you would do that card idea. You've got a card, but instead of saying, "Hey, come back to our parish," you need to come more than once a week. We say. Hey, was Jesus really born on December 25th? You know, scan this little QR code or text to join and we'll find out, right? Um, the, these QR codes, they can take you anywhere you want to go. You can build a whole website that's actually got its own kind of funnel that'll lead people down a pathway to get them in touch with a person that desires to walk with them in faith to disciple them, right? On Easter, the question you might ask is, What? what are the best reasons to believe that Jesus really rose from the dead? you know, and then you can take him to a place that explains to me, hey, you know, Jesus didn't fake his own death. And these are the reasons why we believe that, why we know that the apostles weren't lying. These are the reasons why we know that Jesus' body wasn't simply stolen. And these are the reasons in scripture and in history, why we would believe that this is the case. And you can actually answer the questions they have, which begins to build that trust that you have. And all of this, again, it can be done with a simple text to join. You need their text. You need their phone number or you need their email, and you can start having those conversations. You can begin that process of building a rapport that leads towards deeper engagement and, and hopefully a commitment to begin coming to church more, to change your life, to follow Christ. You, and the beautiful thing is you're not, you're not forcing something on them. You're giving them the opportunity to opt into this relationship. If you are as a parish interested in um in this but you're like I have no idea how to do um texting or email or do all those things I want to throw a specific company your way Flocknote I am their biggest fan everywhere I went in parish ministry I found a way to get us to use Flocknote it it does cost money but it scales to use and if you are really interested we're going to talk about budgeting in the next episode but if you can't wait you just shoot me an email or go to catholicministryprofessionals.com and click on send a message i'd love to hop on a zoom call with you talk to you about it because i love what they do but even more i believe that it is essential that we figure out how to communicate with people well in the 21st century this is this is so important because this is what brings people into the church or in a lot of times drives them away.
1: When you're talking about what we do with, you know, when, we, when we get people in for Christmas, Easter or Ash Wednesday, I think that's a great opportunity to sell them on why we're doing what we're doing. You know, I, I don't want to revisit the the vision statement or the, the, the dream casting and stuff like that, but we have to be able to communicate very quickly because we don't have a whole lot of time. I mean, they're there three times a year and they're checked out for the most part, right? They're not there for theology. They're there because of tradition. Well, why are you here? Well, this is what my family does all, you know, ever since I grew up, Christmas, Easter, Ash Wednesday, we're here. We meet up, we go to mass, we go home, we have, you know, our meal or whatever. It's our time together. But if you could start with, why right i don't know if you've ever read the book by simon sinek start with why so he says in the book that and i have it right in front of me people don't buy what you do they buy why you do it and he gives this great example of apple and all of their products they have a very small market share of technology you know they've got the the iphone the macbooks the uh macs all those things but it's it represents a very small portion of the market if you actually look at it but they make tons of money and they have people that are lined up around the block when a new iphone i think we're up to the iphone 14s now but every time if you look when the apple iphone 15 launches people are going to line up to buy that product And it's not because it's the best product on the market. It's not because it is the cheapest. God knows Apple phones are not the cheapest. (laughs) But they're bought into this idea that they are changing the world via their products. And here's a story, and this is probably going to drag on too long. But when the iPods came out, their biggest competitor was the Microsoft Zune. I don't know if you remember that at all. I don't even remember that. I had one and it was by far heads and shoulders, light years ahead of the iPod. But Microsoft was selling it on its functions, on its, um, you know, all these different aspects of the actual product. And somebody had actually went to Steve Jobs and said, do you realize Microsoft's Zune is way better than the iPod? He goes, yeah, we know. But he didn't care because of the message behind why Apple does what they do was far better than how Microsoft did what that Zoom did. I mean, it's just a, a great picture and a great analogy for how we need to be communicating with our parishioners. Yes, it needs to go back to Jesus. But, again, we got to find how, uh, not just how, but why the message needs to be on Jesus. right? You have the, that single, fam- or single uh, parent family that is struggling. What are they looking for? They're probably looking for peace. Um, there's probably a young adult there that's struggling with their identity. Why aren't we helping them finding their identity within Jesus Christ, within the Catholic Church, within our parish community? So, I just wanted to throw that out there. Simon Sinek, start with why. Obviously, I'm not paid to talk about his book, but (laughs) there are no affiliates here. Yeah. (laughs) Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. But, anyways, I think it's time to play a little devil's advocate. (laughs) Well, John, you talk about communication. What about social media? Everyone is on social media. There's a great example of where the church isn't, but that's where we need to be. What do you say to that? Mm -hmm. That resonates deeply. Uh, You know, there's nothing
0: wrong uh, with social media as a way to funnel people as long as it funnels people into communications connection with a human person. Right. I, I it seems to me that social media should exist mainly as a way to get people engaged in your new main communication platform, ultimately culminating in ability to communicate them with them via email or by phone. You know, but there are there are a few very obvious issues with trying to engage the masses on social media. And one of the big ones is that when you post on social media, you are one you are at the mercy of their algorithm. Right. When you when you look up multi-million dollar companies that use social media effectively, they're only able to do that because they have a dedicated team of people. And that is their sole responsibility is to master the algorithm and get quality content in front of their people in real time so that they can have really good engagement. But I think if you looked at how much time it takes a Catholic ministry professional to be on social media in order to build a following, and you look at that in relation to the actual conversion rate or the actual interactions that come out of those social media posts that lead towards life-changing relationship with Jesus, I think we could really easily say that there's there's a more efficient use of our time than to be spending that time on social media. And so, it, to yeah, use social media to funnel people into more effective ways of communicating— um, that you can completely control, like email, like text, like the phone. You you can control when those goes out. You can control who sees them because you're in control of that list. So don't fight the algorithm. I, that's, that's my main thought on social media.
1: Yeah. And I'll throw this one out there too. You could use social media to invite somebody to an event, to a ministry meeting, to something that you could link in an email or a text. Mm-hmm. So you're not Really fighting the algorithm, it, it's a space for you to place a message that people probably wouldn't see otherwise. Cause I know people that are like, if you send me an email, it, it's as good as sending it to spam because I don't check my emails. Right. If you send me a text, I probably won't look at that text. You got to give me a call. So mm-hmm. knowing that while you're setting up that social media post, all the different contents that go with it, if you're spending 40 minutes, Recording and re-recording and editing and splicing and adding music on top just to welcome somebody in. It doesn't need to be that dramatic. Mm -hmm. Just do a quick selfie video, 30 seconds to a minute. No more than that. Get your message across and move on with your life. So we have that side of the devil's advocate as far as technology and the algorithm what about the old school trusted bulletin? Everything's in the bulletin. So as a devil's advocate, yeah, fine, don't do that. What about the bulletin, John? Like, what do we do there? I would
0: say that in that intro right there was the issue, right? That the problem is that everything is in the bulletin, right? The only, The main issue with the bulletin is that you're communicating everything to everyone, which as we discussed, is not the most effective way to communicate with people if what you want is engagement. It definitely has its place. Uh, but another long-term issue is that most bulletins really aren't done very well. And as an example, myself, I, I really try hard to be engaged, to pay attention to what's going on in the parish, but my millennial brain has been molded by decades of graphic design excellence. And that's that's on billboards, that's in magazines, it's social media, it's on TV, every single commercial. Like everything is excellently done. It's all beautifully done. So my brain literally has to work to process the format of most parish bulletins, which is just this mishmash of text from front and back, top to bottom, just solid text. And this this only gets worse as you go to the younger generations and as they become active parishioners. So I, I don't think you have to get rid of your parish bulletin, but to recognize the issues with it, uh, because yes, there are parishioners that utilize them, and especially in the older generations, but you need to develop other ways to connect. You can't just lean on the bulletin forever, right? You need to find ways to to share your information and engage your parishioners, and for the few foreseeable future, really, emails and texts are going to be those most effective ways especially as the older generations that the bulletin is built for pass on.
1: Okay. Well, maybe we use this, maybe we don't, but let's, let's go a step further and say, what if we got a bunch of really awesome posters? (laughs) Huh? (laughs) Uh, You know what? I, I, I think
0: posters are great as long as you do them well. The problem is, um, I like. I don't personally notice posters. Again, same issue. My millennial brain, if it's not done really well, I I don't notice it. Do you notice posters when you're walking into your parish or
1: really anywhere? Mm. I notice that they're there. I don't pay attention to them.
0: Okay, fair enough, right? They're so they're they're a vehicle, right? They can lead parishioners, but it should lead them into more effective means of communication, right? The more, they, so as far as posters go, the more empty space you have on your poster, the, the better, and you really need that clear why with a call to action, and this can usually be done in the form of a of a good title, right? Or or in the form of a question as a title, you know, you, you need one picture, you need one thing that tells you why, and then a way to sign up or get more information or get that commitment from them, you know, but again, you don't want to spend all your time doing graphic design and there might be ways to do this. That may be more efficient for your time more effective for your time or bang for your buck and the effort you're putting in, uh, especially with posters. I love Canva because I don't have a single graphic design bone in my body, but that is something I had to do as a Catholic ministry professional. I didn't want to spend all my time designing. So the other, you, you can budget for things like that. Um, I suggest budgeting for a professional graphic designer that can just contract in for specific key events, maybe for Christmas posters, or um, find someone in your parish who does graphic mm-hmm. design and just ask them if they'll tithe their time, if they'll just help you out on these key events. And, you know, try to work with them. Yep, that's a great point. So let's move on maybe some actionable steps based on the information. And I want to throw out there our Google it mindset, that this is going to be probably the best way for us to grow as communicators. And I, I want you to just simply Google best practices for email communication. Learn how to write a compelling email. Learn how to write a good, engaging email. This is And this involves... What you put in your subject line, like that's the first bit. How do you grab people's attention? Also, best communication practices for texting, right? Best practices for text communications. There's a way to do that that allows you to really engage with people. And ultimately, it is learning how to get more on the micro level with your parishioners, figure out who needs what, and begin offering that to those people. Amen, amen. All right, friends, we're going to do our outro here, and as we do, I want you to pay attention to how those two questions um, for communication fit into this, right? Those two questions being, is this information going only to the people who care? And assuming that nobody's tied you up and forced you to listen to this episode, we're going to assume that, yes, it, it, it's for you. Thanks, Brooke. Um, <laughs> and two, does it have a compelling why with a call to action? So here it is. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Ministry Professionals podcast. If you found today's show helpful, please immediately text it to your pastor and a friend in Catholic ministry so that others can find out about the show and begin transforming their parish through their work. You can get in touch with us directly by going to CatholicMinistryProfessionals.com and clicking on Send a Message. Those messages, they come right to our email. They can help us to
1: refine the content to better serve you. And with that, we'll see you in the vineyard.